0: I want you to go to your Bibles, and let's go to the book of Isaiah, chapter 55. Isaiah, chapter 55, and we're going to go ahead and we're going to begin with verse 8. Now, that, that is going to be our beginning text this morning, but if you don't mind, I also want you to mark or, or, or hold or, you know, put a little piece of paper or, whatever you've got to do to Mark, Matthew chapter 6. I want you to also hold that as well. So we're going to read two sets of scriptures. We're going to go and visit the Old Testament first, and then we'll go ahead and we'll go down uh, to the New Testament. So here in the book of Isaiah, chapter 55. If you got it, say, I got it, Pastor. Let's read beginning with verse verse 8. The Bible reads, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Now jump down to Matthew. Let's go to Matthew chapter 6, verses 9 through 10. Matthew chapter 6, 9 through 10, this then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Today, I want to talk to you on a message entitled, A Kingdom Without a King. A Kingdom Without a King. Help me pray. Father, Lord, this morning, I pray, God, and I ask that you will use me to convey a message, Father God, Lord, to to convey a word that will encourage your people to stay the course and to understand the need to have you rule as king over our lives. And Father, we thank you, and in your precious name, Jesus, we pray, and all of God's people say together, Amen. amen. Church, sometime last year, right about, I believe it was the month of April, I had an opportunity to go ahead and visit my parents in Puerto Rico. Now, this was about maybe eight months after Hurricane Maria had come through and practically devastated the island. My intention to go there was to help my parents, but by the time I had gotten there, I found out that there was most of the work done, so I had an opportunity to just spend time with them, and they were taking me again through different parts of the island. Now, I remember I had lived there as a child when we were I was, I think, in in the fourth and fifth grade. My family originally relocated back in Puerto Rico, and I was there for about a year and a half. So I remember how most of the island used to look. And it was disheartening to begin to see all of the damages that Hurricane Maria had caused. But what was also interesting was to see some of the architectural structures of some of the homes that were still left standing, and most of them had a lot of Spanish influence from Spain. Then I remember we wanted to go to a place called El Morro, but we couldn't get there because there were some roads that were still blocked up. But El Morro is also a fortified castle that was built by Spain back sometime in the mid-15th century. So then I remember when I was in school, and we learned a lot about Puerto Rico being a colony. This was my time in Puerto Rico when we were in school, and and I remember the history teacher was teaching us how the islands back then were colonized by a greater kingdom and a greater power. So for instance, Puerto Rico back then was colonized by Spain. So was Cuba. So was the Dominican Republic. Haiti was colonized by France. France. And then you had a lot of the the British islands like Jamaica and uh, St. Thomas and all these other islands that were colonized by the British, by England. And this is why when you go to these islands, you have what's called a different type of influence that came from those greater powers or kingdoms that had colonized them. That's why in Puerto Rico, If you see some of the foods, most of us might think this originated in Puerto Rico, but some of the foods originated really from Spain, some of the Spanish products. In fact, café con leche. How many here love café con leche? Café con leche, we deem that as being a Puerto Rican tradition, but that came from Spain. In fact, café Bustelo is actually a Spanish product. It is not a Puerto Rican product, but us pride Puerto Ricans put our name on everything and claim it ours. (laughs) So, I, I, I got to thinking on how it's interesting how every island had their kingdom's influence. Puerto Rico had Spanish influence, Haiti had French influence, and some of the islands had English influence. That meant that during that time, they had to live by the principles of their kingdom. They had to abide by the principles of their kingdom, and because of that, they had ways, thoughts, and customs that originated from a higher kingdom. And when I begin to think about that, I put that within the context of us as believers into a spiritual context, because how many here know all of us also have a higher power a higher kingdom and that is the kingdom of God he is the king of all kings he is the Lord of all lords and if we say that we are kingdom people you know what that means then we ought to have kingdom influence we ought to have a kingdom mindset we live by kingdom principles we allow our lives to be governed by God and his very word His word becomes our fortified structure. His word gives us every detail and instruction that we need to live by. But in this world that you and I live today, it is unfortunate to say that there are many people, and dare I say, within the body of Christ that want to live in a kingdom without a king. They don't want to live under authority. They don't want to follow a guideline they don't want to be governed they don't want to be told what to do just let me live my life but it's almost like saying you know what i want the kingdom benefits i just don't want the king i want the glory i want to see the miracles i want to see the healing take place i want to see the power take place i want to see all the blessings that god has but yet god yet we're almost saying but i still want to do my own thing I still want to live by my own kingdom principles as we begin to look into that a little further and we begin to understand there are questions that i believe we as believers have got to ask ourselves each and every day of our lives questions as what kingdom influence am i under am i really living governed by the very word of god which god's word is true God's word provides every detail that we need that will keep us on the straight and narrow. Or have we decided where somewhere along the way we said, Well, I still want to have some kind of association with the kingdom, but I just, I just tend to think that maybe this might be the better route or this might be the better course? So the question must be asked by what kingdom? do we live by everything we do has have to has to have the covering of God's kingdom because if we don't the question that we want to ask this morning is what does that look like what does it look like and I want to show you here what that looks like let's look at point number one I want you to write this down number one take notes please having a kingdom without a king means no king you rule no king no authority, no covering, no godly influence, no statutes to live by, no principles. Now let's look at verse eight of our text. Isaiah 55 verse eight says, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. Somebody say, declares. Here God is made of declaration. Where God says, I have thoughts and I have ways. And these are thoughts and ways that God wants to influence us with. And one must seek to know and understand his plan and the course that he has for us. That's your part. It's your responsibility to be intentional in getting to know and to understand, okay, Lord, I know that, that the way I think it's very different from you, and maybe my thoughts are very different, but I'm humble enough to admit that. And I'm humble enough to admit that somewhere along in my journey, my thoughts may have been corrupted. Maybe I may have locked on to other ideologies and other different ways of believing. It's very simple. We live in a world today that is so distracted by an overload of information. It's just the reality that we live in, is it not? And it's very easy to get distracted and to begin to follow other principles other than the very principles of God. Now, let me make this clear. In fact, let me put out a disclaimer. Everyone here has the freedom to choose whatever it is that you choose to live by. No one has been forced. No one will ever be forced. This is why we have a choice. That is the power that God has given us, the liberty to choose. But I'm believing God. That as a pastor who has a mandate from the throne of heaven that as a pastor who has a mission to accomplish is to bring a message that has already been declared by the king himself and I am a messenger of the king uh, heralding a message to tell you that if you allow yourself to be influenced by the ways of this world you are on the wrong path you are going in the wrong direction and you are facing nothing but destruction And that's the truth of the word. And while you may have the liberty to choose whatever course you want to take, allow me to be used as a minister to influence you to do otherwise. Thoughts. When I begin to study the word thoughts, the word thoughts really means a plan and a course. So when God says, my thoughts are not your thoughts and my ways are not, your ways we have to understand that it's not taken within the context where God says I'm a boss and you better just do it this way and that's it no what he's saying is look at I have another very different course I have another very different plan for you and it's not the one that you have right now because the one that you have it's, it's based on what you think ought to be best but the Lord himself says I have a plan a plan that includes my presence a plan that includes my power A plan that also includes my peace. A plan that includes my providence. It's a plan that will carry you through the thick and thin. It is a plan that will love on you even when you find yourself trying to get off course. I'm still here. I'm still loving you. I'm still ready to take you to the next level. But it is your choice. And in understanding that is that when we choose to live by our own ways of governing ourselves, then you're left with ruling your own life. And can I be honest with you, church? I don't wanna rule my own life. I need help. Can I be honest with you? Man, I need help in my marriage. Every now and then I'm still hard-headed. Do we have any hard-headed husbands in the house where God every now and then has gotta come on over and give you the biggest cocotazo in your life? and saying, wake up, what are you doing? What are you thinking? And God, I'm sorry, Lord, forgive me. And every time we come to the house of God, we are making a decision to say that I am here because I am willing to fall under the authority of God's word to be led and guided by the authority of God because if I want to have a better marriage, then I need God's authority because how many here know he is the final authority? God, I need you, Lord, to rule in my life. I need you to rule in my marriage with the decisions that I keep making. I need you to help me on how to govern and manage my home and my children. Because by myself, I really don't know what I'm doing. No king, you rule. I don't know about you, but I don't want to rule this thing. I don't want to rule God's church. Who am I? I'm a pastor, I'm a shepherd who's guided by the word of God to love on people. But if I even choose to run my church by my own governing rules, then I become a dictator. No king, you rule. If I choose to govern my marriage by my own set of ways, my own influences that I've gotten, other than from God, then I'm almost falling into a way of dictatorship, just ruling my own marriage and ruling my own kids with absolutely no outside governance, no, no. No cabinet, no administration, no wise counsel whatsoever. What do I need to do? And thank God that you and I belong to a church and a ministry where we believe in the counsel of others who know and understand his word. Can somebody say amen? And within the body of Christ, God has placed pastors that will provide wise counsel into bringing guidance and direction into your life to understand that you need God's ultimate governing authority to carry you through. The second thing I want you to write down, number two, no king, no backup. No king, no backup. I begin to think about these islands, And I remember when we were studying, the, studying the, the history of Puerto Rico, Puerto Rico was, again, it was a long-time colony of Spain all the way up until the War of 1898, and that's when U.S. came in and they fought Spain, and then Spain was left with the choice of giving up some islands. And they decided to give... Here's an interesting fact. They could have given up Cuba. They could have given up... Dominican Republic, but they didn't. They only gave up Puerto Rico because Puerto Rico was the tiniest island of them all. And the Spanish felt, they're no intimidation to us, so let them go. Cuba was a bigger island. Dominican Republic was a much bigger island. So they let Puerto Rico go. And then Puerto Rico now became United States territory. But the other islands eventually were now open game. And now they were their own standing island. In fact, if you also study the history of Haiti, in Haiti, they wanted France out. So a Haitian slave rose up and said, we're done with France and, 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 and rebelled against the country and got his own army going. And before you know it, they won. They had victory. But once France was gone, no kingdom, no backup. There was no financial support. There was no help with infrastructure, and I get it, and I understand that some of these islands, they, 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 they had to make decisions to eventually get their independency, but when we begin to look at the context of having a king and the kingdom over us, when we think of Puerto Rico, Puerto Rico, they may, uh, Spain may have let them go, but they now became territory of the U.S., so now they have United States backup. Other islands, however, wanted nobody. They wanted to be alone, which then opened them up for dictatorship. And you see, here's what I need you to understand is that when you come to a point within your life because how many here know you're going to go through a series of problems within your life and you're going to go through some problems that are going to try you and they're going to test you. They're going to test your faith. They're going to test the way that you think and the enemy's going to come right in your ear and tell you aren't you tired of all of this that you keep going through? Why don't you just give on up and just throw in the towel? Aren't you tired of church politics? Aren't you tired of people trying to tell you what to do? Aren't you tired of always getting it wrong? Aren't you tired of always feeling like you've got to be perfect and how many here know that's not god talking to you that's the enemy talking to you and then you get to the point you say that's right i've had enough of this i want my own independency i want to be on my own and you leave and you break away with your own ideologies and your own mindsets and your own ideas and no longer are you now your own dictatorship now you're open for the devil to come in and to take over your life and he becomes your dictator satan does You might think it's the best thing you've done in your life. Man, I'm free. I can do whatever I want. Live my life the way I want to live. Make the decisions I want to make. But you've become a slave under the stronghold of Satan, dictating your every move within your marriage, your family, your life, your career. See, here's the bottom line. If you don't let God rule Satan will so who's gonna be the ruler is it either gonna be God or is it going to be Satan but as far as I'm concerned in the kingdom of God I need backup because I know one thing we are in a real spiritual warfare and Satan is relentless And the Bible even says, seeking whom he may devour. He will not stop, he will not let up, he will come against my marriage. He will come against my mind and my heart. He'll go after my children. He'll eventually go after my grandchildren. He's after our church. He's after this church. He's after the head of this church. He's after the vision of this church. But we in our human frailty know and understand that by our own wisdom and our own ideas, we cannot do this by ourselves. We need the backup of heaven. We need God. We need the Holy Ghost to carry us through. Because if not, every demon and devil will be pouncing on you trying to bring us down. But thank God that I'm not allowing myself to become arrogant enough to believe I got this. Look at somebody and tell them, you ain't got nothing. Tell them, tell them, you ain't got God, you ain't got nothing. We need kingdom backup we need God that's why Matthew chapter 16 verse 19 says this I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven what is the scripture saying is saying that as long as God's kingdom rules over our lives he'll give you the keys He'll give you the backup. He'll give you the resources. He'll come alongside you. He'll bless your marriage. He'll bless your family. He'll bless your ministry. You've got backup, and whatever you bind on earth, it's backed up by heaven. Whatever is lucid on earth, it's backed up by heaven. Because we make a decision to walk according to his ways and to his words. We make a decision to say to God, whenever the enemy comes and begins to elevate himself into my mind, and that's why scripture says that we need to be filled with the Holy Ghost, that in prayer, we need to bind and rebuke, casting down every imagination that sets itself above God, and we need to say, God, if that's me, Lord, help me to get a hold of that and bring it down in the name of Jesus. Let your thoughts be my thoughts. Let your ways be my ways. Number three, no king, no power. No power. Jesus said, you know, when I, when I begin to think about his disciples, I want you to think about this for a moment with me. Here his disciples were with Jesus. They saw him do miracles. They saw the miracle he did at the wedding at Cana. They saw when the, when the woman came and touched the helm of his garment, the widow, and she was healed, the woman with the issue of blood. They saw him raise Lazarus from the dead. They saw him deliver a person that was possessed by a demon. They saw so many things. I think if I was with Jesus, I would have said, Jesus, can you teach me how to do that? Can you teach me? I've got... My cousin's getting married next week. I'm going to be at a wedding, and I just want to be ready and prepared. Can you teach me how to do that? Can you teach me how to cast out demons like that? No, in, in fact, you know what the disciples say? Teacher, master, teach us to pray. Teach us how to pray. There's a link in there. Every time they saw Jesus take off to go pray somewhere, and then he came back. Something was about to go down. Something was about to happen. I'm sure they were observing. Every time that, when they were in the ocean and he was sleeping, and then he just got up and he just spoke to the ocean, and the ocean just began to calm, and the storm calm. They, 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 they begin to link the two. He's gone somewhere. He's doing. All right, he's praying. He comes back. Miracles happen. He comes back. Demons are delivered. He comes back. All of a sudden, the dead is being risen to life. There is something about prayer. And they understood the power of prayer. So Jesus, teach us to pray. And then this is what Jesus said. He said, when you pray. Look at your neighbor and tell them when you pray. Now I understand that here this is a, a format. It is not to be done repetitiously or religiously. But he gives us some, a very important for, format. And he says, our Father, which means worship, right? We worship God. In heaven, we understand where he's at. We understand uh, the heavenly principles that we live by. Hallowed be your name. Reverence. And then it says, say this with me, your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Here Jesus says, here's what you need to do. Here's what you need to, to get. I, I need you to get this down. Know who I am in your life. I'm your king. No one understands the supremacy of all of heaven over earth. And this is what I want you to bring down here. I want you to bring the kingdom. We live in a day and age today where people are developing their own principles, their own laws. Everyone has now their own personal take on everything. How many here know life is changing? The family is changing. The marriage system is changing. Even when it comes to abortion, even when it comes to killing and murdering of future lives, people are coming up with their own little ways of looking at it. And the bottom line is this. Not only is it immoral, but it's also unethical. And I need you to understand something, that the reason why Jesus said, let your kingdom come here on earth as it is in heaven is this, is that so many of us Christians, we always keep it as a spiritual thing, meaning it's us here in church just praying and just asking God to do his will in my life, when in reality God is empowering you so that we can go back out there and establish God's kingdom, God's principle upon every municipality, upon every city, upon every nation, all across the world and that's why that's why and I'm gonna close with this that's why we as pastors are saying what are you doing we need you to stay under the covering of kingdom principles so that we can launch you back out there into the world and be a kingdom representative Amen. representing a godly life Powering, transforming message to the glory of god come on let's give them praise hallelujah come on worship come on worship hallelujah hallelujah every head bowed every eye closed here and reverence unto the lord